How is it that there are independent musicians out there who have no ties to any big record labels or financial backing able to get their music heard by millions of people and live out their dreams of being full-time musicians? That's the question, and on this podcast, we will discover the answers together. I'm Leezy the Gifted, and this is the Music Mastery Podcast. What's going on, everybody? You're tuned into another episode of the Music Mastery Podcast with your host, Leezy the Gifted, where we do a brand new episode every single day documenting my journey as an independent musician, as well as sharing tips and tricks along the way. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that every time I put out a brand new episode, you don't miss it. All right. So shout out to moms. Mom wrote a book, so I got hella inspired to write a book. Uh, I haven't... I, I guess you can come in. I see your little feet. Are you on video? <laughs> no, I'm on video. I'm recording it, but check this out. I wanted to tell you this anyway. What? We are live recording, so don't say any bad words or any negative themes. So um, I don't know what convinced me of this, but I was on my walk. I started writing my book. Yes. I started writing my What's book. What's the premise? Well... Well, I, I think I have a working title. I have a couple working titles. Okay. Number one, Journey of Becoming a Legend. Yes. Or The Journey of Becoming a Legend. Yes. Or Convincing Yourself. I have to think about it. I liked, I really like the first, The Journey of Becoming a Legend. Yes, I like that too. The Convincing or, Yourself can be part of the journey. Okay, so then Convincing Yourself chapter one. Right. All right. Well, on this episode, I'm going to do a reading of my book. <laughs> I'm going to read it. All of this I type probably will only fit two pages on the actual book. Did you ever go through that when you were, I know you have a workbook, but did you ever go through, you were writing your book, maybe typing it or like writing and you were like, you were like, this doesn't fill up actual pages as much as I thought. Yes. Way back at the very beginning. But I didn't let that bother me because what's most important is making your point. Uh-huh. And the reader wants to get to the point. People are really busy and they don't spend a lot of time reading books. Mm. So they like it when you get to the point quickly. Oh, I wonder if I did that here. Then you show examples mm-hmm. and or give exercises like I did. Right. Or give something, leave people with a challenge or something to think about or some an action step. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the chapter, like in one of your books, there's a little summary of what you learned. Which one of my books? I think it's Dotcom Secrets. Oh, okay. I think at the end there was a little summary, which gave me an idea in my book. At the end of my book, I have a box with repeating what the theme of the chapter was. Got it. Okay. When uh, Also, what I'm thinking of doing is, you know how I journal every day and I have my black journal right there? Yes. I was considering somehow incorporating that journal... The stuff that I've actually written in the book, like maybe literally taking passages. You can, whatever is pertinent. Right. Yeah, you can. I've got like three journals filled. So in general, what you're trying to do is make a point and then give an example or a story or a case study Mm -hmm. supporting your point Mm -hmm. and then leave people with a challenge or an action step. Okay. I think the other part of it too that I want for the overall of the book is... I really, it's going to be obviously a bit of me telling you what to do. Right. But it's, I really don't want it to be too much of that. I want it to be more of, yo, let me just tell you some stuff that I did that has worked for me. Stories. But you should do this. 
stories and also your transformation which is the word journey right in your title right where you started from where you ended up or are at at this moment in time and how you got there yeah. what are some of the roadblocks that you encountered and how you overcame them that's the inspiration mm. yeah 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 hmm. like i just listened to an interview about this guy who had learning issues in school which made him horribly shy and when the teachers would talk to the parents they would go shy he's not shy at home but he felt like a failure because he had huge difficulties reading writing and spelling mm. now he's a coach now he's a life coach yeah and so little by little he started to change his learning in middle school and high school and you know, as you know people go through a lot of different changes as they develop into different stages of their life and so his inspiration was from sharing the difficulty and then sharing how he got to where he is today. Wow. So you that that also gives me the idea of taking other people's stories. That yeah. I didn't even think of that until you just said that. Yeah, you can take other people's stories. You mean for your book? Yeah. Do you want to scoot closer? Yeah. So you're close to the mic? Yeah. Yeah, you can share other people's stories. Because you know you can take the back. As they apply. Too. You could also I could also uh um you know, the story I've been um, really talking about a lot is I've been talking a lot about Michael Jordan because, you know, we just watched Last Dance. Right. And I always talk about, like, how... I don't know if you watched these episodes, but do you remember when he he retired to go play baseball? Yes, I remember in real life. In real time, yeah. I remember it. So when he did that, you know, he was already categorized as the best basketball player in the world at the time. Right. I don't know. I don't know if people had said he's the best ever. I, I have no clue at the time, but I'm sure that there was people who were saying, "Yeah, he's the best player of all time." But everybody was like, "No, Michael Jordan's the best player in the world right now. There's no argument." Right. So he he retired at that point. He had won three championships in a row before he retired. He oh, literally went championship next year, championship year after that. I thought he had six championships. He did. He did. Before he retired for baseball, he won three of them in a row. Okay. When he retired to play baseball, he retired, right? And I think he played baseball for like a season and a half or like two seasons or something weird like that. There was like some weird like whatever. When he came back to play basketball, did you know he came back to play basketball in the middle of the NBA season? He didn't come back at the beginning of the season. I didn't know that. He came back like in the middle and they just like let him back in. And then they, the Bulls went to the NBA playoffs. He ended up having like a really heartbreaking loss to the Orlando Magic uh-huh. in the playoffs. Like they lost, you know how they do the series. Yeah, of yeah, games. I know. So they lost to the Orlando Magic. Wow. And it was like heartbreaking loss. Right. The year after that, like the next year, the Bulls went 72 and 10. They had the best record in NBA history wow. to that point. And he won MVP and they won a championship. And then they went and won three in a row after that. Does that make sense? Yes. So, so the moral of that story yes. is he already was categorized as the best player in the world. Right. So not only did he improve from that point, he went from I'm the best player in the world. He got worse because he went to play baseball. Right. When he came back, he was way worse. Right. Out of shape, couldn't right. move. So he didn't just go from I'm the best, I'm getting better. He went from I'm the best, he got way worse. And then got better than he was before. So I always tell my the kids that I that I coach, if he could improve and he was already the best, don't you think you can improve? And like every kid freaking lights up. That's a that's a good story though. That's not right. my story. 
that's okay, but you can garner a lesson from it. But the other thing that I was just thinking about listening to you was, what do you think his motivation was for tr- going to mm. baseball? Uh, he talks about it in the book, or uh, in the show. I don't think anyone can ever really know what his motivation was, but... But what do you gain from it for your life? I, 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 th- I mean, my, my, my thing that I look at it is he got bored in basketball. That's what a lot of people say. That he was bored. Uh-huh. He won every individual player award. He won three championships. He was just completely dominating. And he's such an ultimate competitor that he was like, I want to quit and go play baseball. But I think it was all I think I, I think it's to a point where he was at that at such a high level of achievement, he needed a new challenge. Right. So there's if in the world of mental toughness and I'm not a mental toughness expert, but I was listening to this young girl, African-American gym, world champion gymnast who is frustrated now because of the covid, she can't compete. Mm. The gym is closed where she trains. She said, "I usually need a goal like in three months we're going to have this next meet and without that three-month goal she doesn't know what to do with herself and she had to go to a mental toughness coach to help her get focused again of continuing to train even though she doesn't have a short-term goal and so in the world of mental toughness I'm wondering in a case like Michael Jordan if he didn't need a higher goal to reach to for his own self-satisfaction. If what? If he didn't need a goal, a new goal, a new challenge. He probably always needed that, He right? needed a new challenge. I'm getting from, what I'm getting from this is that he needed a new challenge. Once you le- get to the level of perfection, how do you stay challenged? Right. How do you keep it exciting? Part of the excitement is that you're overcoming challenges. So in his case, what I'm guessing is that he felt like he needed something new to inspire him. And it sounds like he enjoyed baseball. Didn't one of his brothers play baseball? I think he said they all grew up playing baseball. Right. I mean, he grew up playing baseball. Right. I think his dad also said he wanted to play something like... I think his dad had passed away before that, too. Oh, you do? I think there was a motivation. Oh, oh. Oh, no, no. That definitely is what happened. He said there was that motivation, too. The dad. His Uh dad passing away that he wanted to play. Uh Uh-huh. I think that might have been the emotional... Yeah. Side, but then the the savage in him was like, I need I need a new challenge, which to me, he didn't ever do very well in baseball. baseball. He never played in the pros. He played the minor leagues. Uh huh. Still, to me, I'm like, dude, you transition to another sport. That's like right. a freaking lion, being like, I want to try to run like a cheetah, and then a lion trying to run like a cheetah and being hella slow. Would you say to the lion, you're so slow, you're not as fast as a cheetah? You could like, no, he's a lion. It's the same as Michael. Going to play another sport. The other lesson I'm, I'm listening to about the lion versus the cheetah, what I'm hearing from that is find your lane. Hmm. find your Figure out your strengths and capitalize on them. Don't try to be and don't compare yourself to other people, which a lot of us do, myself included. Find your lane and excel in that one thing. Don't try to go copy all these other ideas. Find one right. focal point and do that. You know what's cool though? I think with entrepreneurship, yeah, why I like it more than being a pro athlete yeah. is like, well, actually, I, just, I don't think it's even about being an entrepreneur or whatever. I just think I like this about life. You can do, like, I like what you said to stay in your lane. I also think that once you dominate that lane though, you can dominate and then, and then, and then switch after you've got something kind of already right. set. Or expand. Like Michael... 
right? He finished his NBA career as the best player of all time. Now he owns a team. He owns the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, right. So that's a new challenge, being an owner. Exactly. Plus, he is the... Uh, see, well, see, so the Jordan shoe brand, mm-hmm. or the Jordan clothing brand, is technically owned by Nike. So he gets paid as a... But he really as is the... the name. Hmm. He gets a... a but he worked... I mean, he, you know, he... Wor- I don't know how that all works. I don't know how that... All I'm saying is he's on that venture as well. Right. Jordan's been the most successful shoe brand since the 80s and 90s. Even more than, um, what's his name? Well, probably not including like high-end Shaq. shoes. Shaq. What about Shaq? Shaq? What? <laughs> Steve Madden. Shaq! <laughs> nah, see, like, nah, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm more including like sports I know. shoes, I guess. I was kidding. I know. But, um, yeah, I was thinking, or, or you know, somebody who I admire a lot is Jay-Z. I mean, he was a rapper, and he was, he became really successful, and then he started, he did like clothing, rock aware. Remember, I was just, I was always used to wear that when I was in middle school. Oh, I had a yes. rock aware jacket. That blue one. It was like black and white. Like it was, I thought it was so. Oh, cool. I remember, I remember, I re- I love that jacket. Yeah. So, uh, but then he now he has like this management company where he like manages and represents other artists and other athletes so he kind of branched out too jay-z and he kind of transitioned into business you know and same with dr dre who was obviously a music producer and produced nwa and like he produced lots of other people but then he got into the whole headphones with beats right and then they sold beats for three billion and he became a billionaire so it's like you can transition though, right? You can transition. Yes, you can transition, but you can't do a bunch of things at once. Yeah, I know. And be successful in terms of your entrepreneurship. Anything. Like Michael also said, I didn't focus on the shoes. I didn't focus on the sponsorships. I didn't focus on the brand deals and all that and the endorsements. I, I let my game for, speak for itself. Everything right. else just fell into place. Right. That's why he got the Space Jam movie and the shoe deal went so well and the commercials but he said you know i don't think he said it but i think other other people have said players players today in the nba a lot of them don't do that a lot of these players focus on their brand while they're playing in the nba rather than let, why don't i become the best player ever yeah before i start doing all this other shit because they get all caught up with the idea of money and fame maybe that's it which is unfortunate i can't speak for them though right they can do whatever they want but right this sec like i mean I mean, I know I, I want to do other stuff. You want you do other stuff because you're a quote-unquote speaker, but you also are an author. It all started as a speaker, and the advice I was given early on was to build your brand and your thought leadership level, you have to write a book. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a while, as you know, to yeah. get a book written. But then you got now you have it. Isn't that so much better? So I can still call myself a speaker who wrote a book. I don't call my I do call myself a speaker author. For the credibility, but I consider myself a speaker first. Right. I mean, that's the same with me. I'd rather be an artist first. Right. And then author, podcaster, right. all that other stuff. That's one reason I don't do a podcast, because to me, that's one thing. That's one yeah. avenue. And I, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to have to pour my whole self into it, and I don't have the time to do that. Yeah. I mean, I've realized that there's so many th- options. Yes. It's like you can't 
do every option. And write a newsletter every week and write blog right. posts. There's just so much to be right. done. Like even me writing a book was just like a, it was just an accident. I was just on my walk. But I think it was a seed that was planted in your brain. Well, I've been wanting, I've been thinking about writing a book for a long time. Right. But again, it's just exactly what you just said about podcasting would be the same thing as a book. I haven't made it in the one lane yet. I haven't made it the way I want to make it with music yet. Right. Music's not where it where I want it to be to a point where I can be like, all right, I can do this new venture. You know, right. I'm not there yet. But I, I like it as a fun thing in a way. And I wouldn't even write a book to make money. Right. Like I would just write a book because I think that'd be super cool. Right. To write a book and right. impact people. I, right. I feel like books are more for the impact. Right. When people ask me, how's the book doing? I'm like, it's not about how's the book doing. It's about how's my speaking business doing and having the book help me, help elevate me. Because be- now, because now when you speak, like, it's like you said, you speak and you'll, 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 you'll either add that into the fee or the people will literally, you have this thing that will help whatever workshops you do with people. Cause exactly. they'll literally have this physical thing with a pen right. in hand to be like, all right, I'm going to speak to you, but you have this thing to take notes in. That's not a blank notebook. And not just take notes. I give them exercises during the workshop that they take a breakout. They take five minutes to right. do an exercise and then come back and we talk about how that experience was. That that deepens and anchors the learning. And then they remember the learning because they actually did something physical yeah. and mental. That's interesting because that's a really interesting purpose for the book. right? It wasn't a book you meant to write to be a bestseller. Right. It was like, no, I'm using this because I need it for my speeches. That's we right. need this thing. We need some kind of supplemental thing. In a sense, right? In a sense, it's it all started with the handout. Right. So it started as a handout for speeches because I wanted to give breakout exercises. Right. But but the book is not just a handout. It goes very deep because one of the chapters takes the person on a journey back to their childhood. Right. And that's something you can't do in a public seminar. You have to encourage people to do that at home. And then if they want to talk to me about it, they can call me after. Right. Well, so yeah. And then I guess that's also interesting because then you have to think about why you're even doing a certain thing, right? Right. Well, it's funny that you brought that up. I I alluded to another guy a little while ago, a guy who had learning disability. And he said because of his learning disability, he now, because he had that experience and he overcame that challenge, now he's in a position to help others. Oh. And it made me realize that I had certain challenges with the way I behaved and thought and had a negative mindset and critical and complaining that I've overcome that. And because I've gone through the journey of overcoming that obstacle, I'm in a direct position to help other people. Plus, I did the scientific study to back it up. Hmm. And I think you have a similar situation where you've overcome certain obstacles and you can help others. Yeah. I think that too. But I also, um, I really just, I, I have been exposed to like, I, I, I just can't stand people who get on any kind of platform to talk about something if they haven't done it. Right. So if I talked about fitness, like if my whole brand was fitness, I would feel, you know, I would be okay with that because I did lose 30 pounds. Like I did like do And you stuff. exercise twice a day, yeah. every single day of your life. But I, I don't want to put out a book about, I, I actually, well, actually, you know what? I'll take that back maybe. 
Because the idea of the, what I'm trying to say is I don't want, I, I don't feel like I'm at the point where I even want to be to put out a book. But that is kind of the idea of the title, the journey of becoming a legend. I don't want to say the journey of a legend. Because yes. that was the first title I thought of. Yes. But then I thought if I throw the word becoming, the idea of that is, well, the feeling that I have now of never feeling like I'm at the point, I'm always going to have that. Right. I will, no matter how much money I have or where I live or the car I drive, I'll always have that feeling. That you're still on the journey? Yeah, becoming. The feeling of becoming. So not... when, when do you get to the point of where Michael Jordan got to? Where he already got there. He wasn't becoming. He didn't get there. To us, he got there, but not to him. Oh, true. If you ask him, and, and, and if you watch, when we watched Last Dance, yeah. you got to notice what he said. We could have had that seventh. Yes, I That's know. what the greatest... I, and I've been hearing that on podcasts a lot. Yeah. The greatest performers ever always talk about what they didn't get. They almost got that thing. Yeah. Tom Brady talks about it. Wayne Gretzky talks about it. Uh-huh. Jordan talks about it. How Kobe do- talks about it. Wow. Or, well, Kobe passed, but he did yeah. talk about it. How do you think Jordan is going to be different as a team owner than his team owner? His Bulls owner? <laughs> I have no clue. I mean, he's owned the Hornets for some years now. Yes. And there's been a few moves that they've made that weren't really great moves. Uh-huh. And I don't think that's because Jordan's a bad owner. It's just kind of the way things have swung. And I also think you have to look at owning a team. When you look at the legacy of a, of a player, it's very, very limited. You've got, I don't know, maybe a 10-year window of your prime if you're really great. And maybe you've got like five years of your prime and then maybe you've you know what I mean? Yes. As an owner, you have more time and right. you need more time. Right. As a player, it's like you're going to... Pr- there's 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 a lot of variables to becoming a great player. There's even more to becoming a great owner. Right. Right. So I, I personally, if you look at people and go... If you look at Jordan and go, he's a bad owner because the Hornets have never done well. Or the... he used to They used to be called the Charlotte Bobcats. Okay. And, and he was the owner then too. And you can look and be like, oh, they never were, they've never been good, so he's a bad owner. And it's like, well, you kind of need more time. Right. Like, it's not the same. There's a journey in owning a team, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just, I think it's just a longer journey and a yes. much more difficult journey than a right. player. Right. You're talking now managing hundreds of millions or close to a billion dollars and players and it's like Coaches when you're a, and- it's more, it's more, it's just more stuff. Right. And I, I almost want to say, you have less control, but more responsibility than a player. A player is like you are the one playing right. and you have your teammates. When you're an owner, you can't make a player play a certain way. Right. So anyway, how do I think he'll be better than the other owner? He was in the actual jersey in the shorts. So right. the owner, the Jerry Reinsdorf, who was the owner of the Bulls, he never was in a jersey. No, no other owner was, right? Uh... No, I think Pat Riley, who's the, is he the owner of the Miami Heat? Pat Riley is either the owner of the Miami Heat or the general manager of the Miami Heat. He played in the NBA. Oh. Phil Jackson was like the president of basketball at the New York Knicks and then they fired his ass. Why? He sucked, I guess. The Knicks are a shitty organization. Yeah. But, I don't know. I I think Jordan will be better. 
I don't know how much mentoring he does to the players. Like, I have no clue. If he's mentoring players, like, that's, like, invaluable. Is he doing anything for low-income children? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I hope so. I hope so, too. Um, let's wrap this up. Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> no, no, we're good. <clears throat> um, where? Okay, so where can people find you? JaniceLitvin.com You love plugging. Or LinkedIn. JaniceLitvin.com, LinkedIn, Janice Litvin. Uh, I think I think the website's the best place to go. Yes. LinkedIn. And if you email me, I'll send you some free stuff. <laughs> What's your email? Janice at JaniceLitvin.com. Mention Lizzie the Gifted Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you got value out of the episode and you'd be a fool to not have gotten value from the episode, uh, share with a friend. Be cool. Would appreciate it. If not, no worries. It's all good either way. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you. Peace. Peace out. Hey, hey, hey. Get that. Bit that. Jump shot. What that. Close moves. No rules. Chef that. No boo. Get that. Bit that. Jump shot. What that. Close moves. No rules. Chef that. No boo. Get it how I want.